It's such a beautiful thing to come into God's presence and uh, experience Him personally. And I pray that each one of us would be able to know this and experience it, not just on one Saturday in a month, not just on Sunday mornings, but uh, every day and every moment of the day that we would experience the closeness and the intimacy of God. really want to say thank you for coming out this evening and for joining together in this praise and prayer evening and especially as we are right about to launch into our seven days of prayer with fasting. And I would just love to encourage you to get involved with that as much as you possibly can. I truly believe that in this time, if we will seek God, we will find Him. He will speak to us. He will connect with us. And I pray that, uh, that He will work miracles in our schedules that enables us to, to have that, those extra moments, perhaps that spare time to join in with prayer bases. And uh, we have a list here for you to take home. A list of all the prayer bases. We have six this time round, different places, and at different times. The uh, papers are on the desk or shelf or cabinet as you go out, and uh, they will be they will be happening every day, more or less. Some will be most days. Some will be every day. But if there's one that you're able to get to. And maybe you can't get to it on every occasion. Go as often as you can. And as well as that, there will be uh, prayer guide notes, as we had last time we did prayer and fasting. They will be available on the website. So that if you're unable to plug into a prayer base, you can still follow the prayer notes as we go through them day by day. And... Uh, We also would love to encourage you to let us know specific things that God is speaking to you. Things that he puts into your heart that you believe, you feel, that as a church we should be aware of. We'll have an email address on the website and you can communicate all of those to us. Our topic or our theme for these seven days will be Hungering for God. Hunger for God. Something that I believe God is going to stir up within us. A a deep, passionate desire and hunger for Him. And each day we will have specific verses and points that we can focus our meditation and have devotion time and prayer in to really help us to allow God to work in us something of a deeper hunger than perhaps we have ever experienced before. And as we launch into these days of prayer with fasting, tonight I'd like us just to go through a a few series of verses to help us to set things for the next seven days. Things that will help us to think about 
and to put into a, a biblical context the concept of hungry or being hungry for God. Let's look at some verses here. We've got them on screen, hopefully. Um, these are, are taken from Matthew chapter 5, a very famous part of God's word. I want to read them to you. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up onto a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you, when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. You'll notice that the heading on those pages are complete reliance upon God. As I read through those verses again, I was aware that you don't read of boldness, blessed are the bold, or blessed are the courageous. But blessed are the warriors. It seems that many of those types of people that Jesus refers to are those meek and lowly people. If we go back one page, it actually says, blessed are those who are poor in the spirit, those who mourn, those who are hungry. If, there's, if there is one thing that's missing from the church today, that I believe God would want to be present is it is this, this complete reliance upon God. Does, does God want us to be bold, courageous, warrior-like? Absolutely. But when we try to be those things in our own strength, we achieve nothing. We have no strength. We have no ability of our own. The only strength, the only ability, the only power that we have is what God gives us. And, and it is so important that we learn to completely rely upon God. Jesus said, if you're poor in spirit, then you're blessed. If you're hungry for righteousness not if you've got everything right if you get it all together if you never make a mistake anybody here never make a mistake yeah but if we're hungry for righteousness Jesus said you're blessed because you will be filled and hunger Hunger, natural hunger. Sorry to talk about this if, you're, if you've started to fast or if you're getting ready to fast. I, I think it's quite relevant that we, 
that we're focusing in on this. Hunger. Hunger only happens when we need something. Doesn't it? When we need what? Food. We feel. We have a sense of hunger. It's, it's built into us. It's a natural response that if we go for a certain period of time without food, our body says, I need some. And sometimes it's amazing what we will do to fulfill that feeling of hunger. Sometimes if we I can remember, you know, when I was a kid, I would walk in and I'd been outside playing and I would say, Mom, I'm starving. And of course, I wasn't starving. I, I, I just hadn't eaten for maybe two hours. It felt like I was starving. And so mum would say, well, have a sandwich. Oh, no, I want a chocolate biscuit. <laughs> I wasn't really hungry. I just had a fancy. When we're really hungry, there are things that we will do to fulfill that hunger that we wouldn't normally do. And I believe that it's, it's healthy. In fact, I believe it's imperative that we have this hunger for God and for the things of God. Now, do we pray for hunger? Do we ask God to, to stir up a hunger for Him within us? Let me read you some more verses. Well, let's read some together. These verses are taken from Acts chapter 2, and, and they come at the end of a, a preach that uh, Peter gave, and he was telling the people that were listening to him basically how that they had taken the Messiah and, and killed him, the one that God had sent to be the Savior. And it says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. Interesting phrase, cut to the heart. Another way of saying that is they were pierced to the heart. Their hearts were almost ripped open. What Peter had said to them had such an effect on them that their hearts, their, their inner beings were convicted to the point of, of breaking. Their hearts were pierced. Their consciences, it was like an arrow had gone right into their hearts. What Peter said, the words had that effect. And this is what happened. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, you see, a hunger had been stirred up. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, that wasn't just an intellectual question in, in terms of, what is the right thing that we should do? It was a cry. It was a, a desperate plea. If this is true, if what you say is true, that this man who was crucified is the Savior and he died for our sins, if that's true, you cannot leave us without telling us what we must do. That was a hunger wasn't it? A 
similar thing happened in a city of Philippi when Paul and Silas were in prison. And the, the prison keeper cried out to them, What must I do to be saved? He didn't say, Do you have a few ideas that I could try? What would your suggestion be? It's almost as though I can see him taking hold of Paul and saying, What must I do? He wasn't going to, to let that opportunity pass. A hunger had, had formed on the inside of him. Not for food, not for money, not for position, but for true salvation. And isn't it true with each one of us that that is what happened in some way or another? We came to that point when we realized that we were sinners lost in need of a savior and that the only person that could save us is Jesus. I can remember crying out to my mother as I heard her go from our kitchen to her bedroom. Mom, come and pray with me. Because I knew I wasn't ready to meet with God. And I wasn't going to let her go to bed until she came and she prayed with me. Because that hunger for salvation was in there. You see, hunger is not a weakness. Hunger for God is not a weakness. But we so often experience it through a weakness or through a need. You don't feel hungry unless you need food. If you were part of, if you, if you were part of our vision team celebration at Christmas at the Indian restaurant, you didn't feel hungry after that. Am I right? <laughs> that was as eat as much as you can. Uh, and, and some of us, I'm not looking anywhere, we did eat as much as we can. And we suffered a little bit the next day. We weren't hungry. But as soon as that food had worn off and our body had consumed it, hunger began to, to come in. And we as Christians, we will, we will often experience that hunger for God through a need, through what we perceive to be a weakness. Let's read some more verses together. These are taken from Psalms. The first ones, I think, are Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Amen. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate place. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they did what? Did they just hope that something would change? That they would stumble across the city? That they could get some food in? What did they do? They cried out. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses 
and he led them forth by the right way that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Often in our lives, we will sense that there is something missing. There is an experience of God. There is a presence of God. There is a work of God that we don't have. Very simply, let's say, for example, that we get sick. And we need God to heal us. We are sick, we need to get healed. If we take the text of Psalm 107, if not having somewhere to dwell and anything to eat is the parallel to being sick, what would a hungry person, a person hungry for healing do? Yes, cry out, to the Lord. Don't cry out to the doctor. <laughs> Nothing wrong with doctors, by the way. But they can't heal us. Cry out to the Lord. If our marriage is going through a terrible time, if our financial situation is desperate to the point of bankrupt, if we feel depressed, if we're battling with addictions that we know are not holy before God, what does the person who senses that hunger do? Does he say, God, I guess one day this will sort itself out. He does something about it. He, in that hunger, with that sense of deep need, he will cry out to the Lord. And he will find the Lord to be faithful every time. I've got this little book here. It's... Um, it's called Spiritual Hunger and Other Sermons. It's by a person called Dr. John G. Lake. Any of you heard of him? If you can get hold of his, his material, his, his books, mostly they're sermons. They may take a little bit of reading because they're older ones. Uh, they're not kind of ones that are on podcasts, on the internet. This goes back a few years, but it is such solid, solid food for us. And I just want to read this together this evening. This little bit is headed up, it's titled The Miracle Under the Thorn Tree. Okay? I love to tell this story because it is the story of a hungry man. A short time after John G. Lake went to South Africa and God had begun to work very marvelously, I said it was Old English, in the city of Johannesburg, a butcher who lived in the suburbs was advised by his physicians that he had developed tuberculosis, the uh, destruction of the lungs, to such a state that he might not live more than nine months. He was given nine months to live. He wanted to make provision so that his family 
would be cared for after he was gone. He bought a farm and undertook to develop it so that when he died, his family would have a means of existence. That seems the noble, honorable thing to do. But one day, he received a letter from friends in Johannesburg telling of the coming of what they called the American Brethren and of the wonderful things that were taking place. In this letter, they told of this person, a terrible drunkard who had been converted. They spoke of his niece who had been an invalid in a wheelchair for five years who had been healed of God. They spoke of one of his other relatives that had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and was speaking in tongues, of other friends and neighbors who had been baptized and healed. They told of the powerful change that had come in the community and all the marvels a vigorous work for God produces. Those are good letters to receive. Those are encouraging words to read. Now this, this butcher's name was Dan von Vuren. <laughs> he was, uh, I guess, of Dutch ancestry. He took the letter. Now what's he going to do? He's been given nine months to live. He has tuberculosis. He hears of what God is doing in, in Johannesburg. What does he do? He takes the letter and he crawls under an African thorn tree. He spreads the letter out before God, and he began to discuss it with the Lord. He said, God in heaven, if you could come to the drunkard and deliver him from his sin and save his soul and put the joy of God in him, if you could come to this niece of mine and save her soul, heal her body, and send her out to be a blessing instead of a weight and a burden upon her friends. If you could come to this other person and they are baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, Lord, if you can do these things in Johannesburg, you can do something for me as well. He knelt down. He put his face on the ground and he cried to God that he would do something for him. That morning, Von Vuren was so stirred by the reading of that letter that his desire to be made whole got bigger than anything else in his consciousness. That's hunger. That's hunger. When it gets bigger than anything else. His heart reached for God. And that morning his prayer went through to heaven. God came down in his life. In ten minutes he took all the breath he wanted and the pain was gone. The, the tuberculosis had disappeared and he was a whole 
man. Wow. Let me read on. But that was not all. He not only received a great physical healing, but God also had literally come in and taken possession of the man's life until he did not understand himself anymore. In telling me, he said, Brother, a new prayer from heaven was born in my spirit. I had prayed for my wife's salvation for 18 years, but I never could pray through. But that morning I prayed through. It was all done. That expression, prayed through, it, it, it is an old-fashioned expression. It means this, you pray until you know God has answered it. You pray through. You don't just say prayers. You pray and you pray until you know you've got God's answer. And this is what he got for his wife. It was all done. And when I got to the house, my wife stood and looked at me for two minutes until it dawned in her soul that I was gloriously healed of God. She never asked a question as to how it took place. But she fell on her knees, th threw her hands up to heaven and said, Pray for me, Dan. For God's sake, pray for me. I must find God today. And God came into her soul. Von Viren had 11 splendid children. The mother and he began praying and within a week the whole household of 13 had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He went to his brother's farm and told of the wonder that God had done. He prayed through and in a little while 19 families <laughs> were baptized in the Holy Spirit. God so filled Von Viren's life with his glory that one morning God said to him, Go to Pretoria. I'm going to send you to the different members of parliament. This, this just a few months earlier was a poor farmer who was dying of tuberculosis. God says, go to the parliament. At executive headquarters, he was admitted to the president of Premier Louis Booth. Booth told me about it afterwards. He said, Lake... I had known Von Vuren from the time he was a boy. I had known him to be a reckless fellow. But that man came into my office and stood ten feet away from my desk. I looked up and before he began to speak, I began to shake <coughs> in my chair. I knelt down. I had to stick my head under the desk and cry to God. Why he looked and talked <coughs> like God. He had the majesty of God. He was superhumanly <coughs> wonderful. Excuse me. <coughs> Sometimes we get thirsty. <coughs> Huh. 
Von Viren went into the office. Can you just read the last bit of this? Please, just there. Yep. Von Viren Amen. Does that stir something in our hearts? Does that give us a little bit of an insight as to what a hunger for God can do? <clears throat> it was interesting as we worshipped and praised that one of those songs that Pastor Jenny got us just to think about was was the souls of the nations and the people of this world. And sometimes as Christians we get so wrapped up with ourselves. We get, <clears throat> we, we get stuffed full of ourselves. And if we're honest, we lose that hunger for God and God's purposes. And it's our prayer this week, isn't it? That God does something within us to stir up that hunger. Will God give you that hunger? Hmm. I'm not sure that he will. Because it's something that needs to come from within. But I do believe that God will give us the ability to see what he will do if we will hunger after him. It's my belief that each one of us will have some situation in our lives. For von Vuren it was tuberculosis. Maybe there is a sickness in your life that you've had for years. Now is the time to get so hungry that God will do something about it. Maybe there is a, a habit that we have. Maybe there are, there are sins that we trip over so frequently. And we've learned to live with it. We've learned to cope with it. We've, we've kind of come to accept that's the way it's going to be and I can never get free from it. That's like saying when Jesus died on the cross, it was kind of half job. Yeah? But beyond, beyond just us experiencing what God wants to do for us, is that amazing opportunity that we have of sharing that with other people. 
I've read many stories like that. Many stories of people who God has impacted when they've cried out to him. And very often they've been like nobodies. <clears throat> they haven't been great preachers, great ministers. They've been ordinary people like us. But they've hungered after God and they've met with God in such a powerful way that God has changed them utterly, filled them with his Holy Spirit and made them a living epistle, a living story. And I'd like us to take some time in prayer tonight to prepare ourselves for this week. Asking that God would speak tonight right into our hearts and show us where he wants to meet with us. And that's a bold prayer. But if we'll pray it, if we will ask it of God, God will speak, God will show us, God will begin to pray, prepare our hearts that we may receive a miracle in our own life, but we can then take that message and impact the world around us. Hunger for God. I believe in this year, 2013, that this is going to be an ongoing thing that God speaks to us and reminds us about because God wants to be first and foremost. Not because he needs to be for himself, but because we need him to be. And, and, and I want to say this as we go into prayer. Please don't expect that God will just appear on one occasion and, and through that hunger that we have for him, meet with us and then we go back to normal. This is a life-changing time. <clears throat> Truly is. A life-changing time. A time when we and God meet and God impacts and God changes. God reorders our lives and fills us with his presence. That through us, he may achieve his purposes. And that place of hunger, it may be that it appears to be a place of weakness a place of need, that's where God will meet us. That's what the cross of Jesus is all about, meeting our needs. It may be that we have sensed a hunger and we have looked somewhere else to some other source to fill that hunger. It may be that we have been pursuing something that God, we feel God has for us, but God needs to readjust that. Let us lay everything down before God and let us right now come before him as our heavenly father and say, Father, I need you more than anything. I need this hunger that I see I need it to be part of who I am. I need it to be my life. I need to live in this place. Show me 
at that place of, that point of need where we will meet and God will do that. Can you understand this tonight? Can you see what Father God wants to do in our lives? Can you taste it? Yeah? Let's go beyond tasting it to where we allow God to have his way. So we're going to pray just for a few minutes tonight saying, God, show me that point, that place in my life where there is that need for you, that hunger that's got to develop. Like those people that were without a dwelling place, they cried out to the Lord. Like Von Vuren, who was sick and heard that God was healing people, he cried out to the Lord until he knew he had met with, with God. Let us desire this for ourselves. Amen? So let's take some time to pray this evening.